Last time on the Skip and Josh podcast. So his contract is ninety-three million for three years. Yeah. So let me let me try and um, put myself in the room when they're negotiating the deal. Do the Dodgers? Is it like this? Do the Dodgers say we'll give you ninety million for three years? So that's you know 30, 30 a year. That's a good number. Right. And then Kershaw's agent says, No, 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 no. Ninety's not enough. We need ninety-three. You're listening to the Skip and Josh podcast with Skip Sherman and Josh Obadia. I'm Josh in Toronto. And I'm Skip in Montreal. In today's episode, we talk MLB hot stove, the NFL, and NHL news. But let's start with college basketball. Okay, Skip, here we go. I have a lot of little things that I took a lot of notes this week. I have a lot of different topics could be one of those episodes where we kind of ramble and go from topic to topic all right let, let's go then you start i have a feeling i know where you want to start and i think it's where i want to start i don't even know where i want to start so how could you know where i want to start i know it's not college basketball season it's mm-hmm. just just started and it, I mean, it is college basketball season. it is it's it's but it, we don't usually talk about it at this point in the year mm-hmm. um I know many of our listeners, maybe college basketball is not their thing mm-hmm. until March Madness comes, but I feel like we really need to talk about that Duke-Kentucky game from two nights ago. We absolutely have to talk about it. I've never been so excited about a Duke team in a while, honestly. it's And I, I don't know if it's just because, I mean, look, they Well, hold on, Kentucky. we have to say, because the listeners don't know, in case they didn't watch the game, Duke defeated Kentucky, yes. and Duke, before the game, was ranked four in the country. Kentucky mm-hmm. was ranked number two, and Kentucky was favored by two points before the game began, and the final score was Duke 118, Kentucky, I believe, 84. Yes, and Duke had 60 points at the half, which is pretty nuts. Um, I feel like a connection to this Duke team, and I'm sure you do as well, because we, I mean, the listeners know we followed this team in August when they came to Toronto and Montreal, and Josh went to all the games and was at the press conferences, and and we went to the game in Montreal together, so I feel like I know this team a lot more than I do a typical Duke team at this point in the year. This point in the year, usually I'm like, who's this guy? Who's that guy? What number is he? What number is he? I felt like I knew who they all were. You know, I knew, I mean, Cam Reddish obviously didn't play in the Canadian tour, but like, I felt like I kind of knew these guys and, and everything that we saw in the Canadian tour was like as advertised and more and more. I mean, how much firepower do they have? It's unbelievable. So a few things. Yes, I definitely know them better than I would any other Duke team because mm-hmm. not only did I go to all three of those games, I was in the locker room with these guys after the yeah. game. I've seen right. them all half naked. <laughs> I know them very well. Right. And um, so now when I see them on television um, and I hear people talking about them, I'm like, oh yeah, that's the Australian guy or that's the the tall guy or I guess they're all tall, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so, so I definitely know the team much better than I normally would. Um, so my thoughts about the game, I missed the first half. I wasn't home. When I turned it on, there was a minute left in the first half. It was over after three minutes. Then. And and the game, it was already over. There was no point in watching the second half. I'm like, you had texted me saying, oh my God, we're good. I didn't know what that meant because I didn't know the score yet. And then when I turned on the TV and I saw the score, I'm like, oh, that's what he means by, oh my God, we're good. At one point, the score was like 35 to 12 or something it was it was obscene the score 
And then, I mean, you know, teams make adjustments at halftime and you think maybe Kentucky's going to come out and have a big run at the beginning of the second half. But two minutes into the second half, Kentucky never made any kind of run. In fact, they had to call a timeout and and you knew the game was over two minutes into the second half. What actually scared me, and, and scared is the right word here, I couldn't believe that Duke was running up the score as much as they were. And I'm like, okay, when are the starters going to come out? Because you don't want to piss off John Calipari or the Wildcats because you may have to play them again in the tournament or something. And they're not going to forget this. Right. And like, I, I like, when are the subs coming in? And you know what? They didn't come in until there was less than two minutes left. And, and even then, not all of them came in. Well, you texted me at one point saying... At what point does Brendan Besser get to come into the game? He never came and now, in. Now, for people who don't realize, Brendan Besser is like literally the last man on the roster. Josh interviewed him. He's a he's a non scholarship player. He's he's an actual student athlete, you know. And the, the Duke always has a guy like this. And you asked me when is he going to come in, and I said, well, according to Coach K, how he normally coaches, he won't come in until uh, under a minute or forty five seconds, if at all. And then he didn't come in. <laughs> He, he didn't was not play in at the all. game. Yeah. And and the other the other thing is so, you know, Javin Delorier, not a starter. He played big minutes. Mm-hmm. Jack White, not a starter. He played big minutes. Yeah. Alex O'Connell, not a starter. He played big minutes. The fact of the matter is, Duke could have used, I think, almost anybody in this game, and it looked like they would have won the game no matter what. I mean, obviously, you know, RJ Barrett and, and Zion Williamson and, and Reddish and Jones, they all had great games. Mm-hmm. But it's like, even when some of those guys were not in the game, Duke was still dominating. I feel like the way that he's going to coach this year is um, everything's going to revolve around the three, Reddish, um, Williamson, and Barrett, obviously. And then and then everybody else is going to sub in and out, you know? like And, and, and certain guys are going to have good games and certain guys are going to step up. And one game we may see a certain player have big minutes depending on the matchups. But I think the, the bulk of the offense is just going to come from those three guys and everybody else is going to just chip in. And, and Jones as well. Yeah, but Ty, Jones, I don't Tyus see Jones him. Is, Tyus Jones' yeah, younger brother, by the Trey way. Jo- Trey Jones. I don't see him as like a real dynamic offensive player. I just see him as a good player. No, you know? but he, he, brings, he brings defense that Duke didn't have last year. He certainly does, especially on the ball. Especially and, on the ball. And... And the thing is with these guys, like they can play any position. Like any one of them can bring the ball up the floor. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's yeah, not no, like there's no, only right. one guy that can do that. Yeah. It's 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 a different every year I say, Oh my god, we have a different team this year because some years Duke are like only chucking threes. And then we go to like last year where we couldn't shoot any threes and we were like a post team, you know, mm-hmm. we only had we were full of big men. And this year I feel like we're going to score in many different ways. It's going to be from threes. It's going to be mid-range. It's going to be a lot of attacking the basket. A ton of a ton. We're going to see a lot of dunks. We're going to see a lot of layups. We're going to see a lot of fouls. We're going to see a lot of drives. And it's going to be a fun year. Like, buckle up. It's going to be a fun year if you're a Duke fan, you know? So a few comments, a few observations. I was stunned at the final score. I was stunned at how easily Duke won the game. I, I knew, obviously, when I saw the game against Ryerson in Toronto in August, I'm like, okay, yeah. this is Ryerson. Yeah, But like, honestly, it felt like the same thing against Kentucky. Like there was no, Kentucky was never in this game at any point. I don't know. And, and you know how we always say, well, you, you say it's on me and you, it's a known fact, basketball's a game of runs, right? Mm. And, and when you come out to a lead, you know, the other team is at one point going to punch you back and get their run going a good team, you know? And, and, and the whole way that you win is by sustaining by holding that run off, you know, and, and just 
pushing through it and 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 trying to admit, and trying to limit the other team's run. And because of Duke's firepower, Kentucky could never get on a run because as soon as they would score two or three baskets in a row, they couldn't get any stops. Right? Like like at one point, you know, Barrett's just going to take it to the basket, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> like there's just nothing you can do about it. So. So you're excited, as as probably most Duke fans are. I'm actually a little nervous because... My expectations rise, I know. Now the expectations are through the roof, and people are talking about an undefeated season, which is ridiculous. Oh, that's that's absurd. But, the, but then when I look at the schedule, they have what? Four, five, maybe difficult matter. games? Like there's, there's the two games against North Carolina, there's the two games against Virginia, and then, and then who else? You can't just dismiss games against North Carolina State, um, Syracuse. Like, just conference play is tough. You know, it's tough. Fair point. This weekend, Duke is playing uh, Army. Well, I mean, I, there's a win. I mean, that that doesn't count. <laughs> like, what but, if, yeah. if if Duke beat Kentucky by thirty four? Was it what? What's the final going to be against Army? You can't. I know the expectations are going to be so high now because we're going to think we're going to win every game by forty. It just doesn't work that way. Some nights your shots fall. Some right, nights the other right. team and, shots don't and, fall. And if you're playing a team that likes to hold on to the ball, you don't get as many possessions. Yeah, and... Exactly. Kentucky is like run and gun, just like us. So it yeah. was up and down. You know. So by the way, um, by the way, yeah. just a, a listener's note here or a viewer's note, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. The the you're going to be in the United States this weekend, so you don't care. You'll watch the game. But uh, for people in Canada, you can watch the game on tsn.ca on Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock. Wow, I guess TSN's going to have a lot of Duke games because of Barrett, right? Yes, exactly, yeah. Um, I watched a little bit of the Kansas-Michigan State, which was the other, you know, top teams in the country. And they both look great as usual, and Kansas looks loaded as usual. And they are also a very, very dynamic team that's going to be able to score in many, many different ways. And the interesting thing always about Kansas is that they're not always so loaded with freshmen. They always have a little bit more veteran presence, you know? Well, they have Azubuki, who's back from last year. And need I remind you that Duke was eliminated by Kansas in the Elite Eight, I think it was? Yeah. Azubuki Uh, is uh, a a handful. Let me tell you. It's not every team in the country that's going to be able to... Slow this guy down. Well, I don't know if and, any and he, team can. And even if you can slow him down on the offensive end, just what he does in terms of defense and rebounding. You know? But I'm told he's not a very good free throw shooter, so uh, teams will probably try Who to foul him. Yeah. Can we go back to talk about Duke for a second? There's one thing we forgot to mention about the first game. Um, I don't know if you noticed... They they had uh, they have this guy Joey Baker who reclassified. He was supposed to still be in high school, but he decided yeah. to come out of high school a year early. Yeah, and um, he actually played in the games in Canada and played really well. Yeah, he didn't play at all in the first game of the season. He was one mm-hmm. of the f- only two guys I think that didn't even play a minute. Mm-hmm. And then I read some some things about him the day after the game. I think they're considering redshirting him. Because, well, A, they don't really need him, as, as you can see. And, and yeah. B, he's, I think he's a year younger than all the he other is. guys. And he's okay. not a one-and-done guy. Like, he's going to be there next year. So, so I think that's why he didn't play. So they can technically still redshirt him because he hasn't played a minute yet. If anybody's wondering what redshirting is out there, <laughs> it means that he's going to go to school for a year. But he's not going to play sports during that year. He's not going lo- to lose his year of, school el- of, of sports eligibility. Right, I think he can practice with the team, but he can't. Yeah, play. yeah, yeah. But I mean, 
the players only have four years of eligibility and they figure they don't want to waste it on this year, probably because they're so loaded and probably because he's so young. So he'll go to school at Duke and he'll come back next year and play, hopefully play. He'll have a whole right. year under his belt. The thing is, though, if he's if he's planning on playing four years, then yes, it's a great idea. I, I don't think he's going to be at Duke for four years because he's too good of a player. So yeah. it doesn't really matter if he loses a year of eligibility, but when are you going to play this guy? I mean, you saw the lineup and the rotation they used in the first game. Yeah, How is this guy going to get any minutes? There's there's a lot of guys ahead of him on the depth chart. Yeah, exactly, sure. exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's it for college basketball. That's it for college basketball. The National Hockey League. You want to talk a little hockey? I only had one little thing to talk about in hockey, and if you don't want to talk about it, we can just move on. Well, is it the Ottawa Senators? Yeah, I just find it's an interesting story. I know we're a bit late on this because this is when we're recording, but Mm -hmm. that Uber video of the senators in the car, I mean, there's so many things I want to know about this and not the things that you think of, you know, like everybody's talking about, everybody's talking about like, how could they say this in front of a driver that they don't know? And it's so unprofessional, whatever. Have, haven't you ever been in the back of an, an Uber with coworkers or somewhere in a restaurant or in a public place talking 100%. about other co- talking about other coworkers? I do it all the time. A hundred percent. I mean, the other part of the story is they like, didn't do anything wrong. By the way, the players. I don't think they did anything wrong, other than maybe a little bit of bad judgment about. No, because you know, they you, didn't you know they were being be, recorded. No, no, but you have to be a little bit weary about. Maybe that someone could record you. I know you're right. You're right. It's it's very far fetched to think that the Uber driver is going to record you. I mean the the other part of the story is how what a scumbag move by the Uber driver. Oh, to, that's like, the first thing I, I that came to my mind when I saw the video the first time. I'm like, how could this guy do that? I mean, it's I don't know if there's repercussions. I don't know if Uber is going to fire him or whatever. Well, but, Uber Uber did come out with a statement, but it wasn't yeah. a very harsh statement or anything they're like they said they're looking into it what do you yeah. have to look into you know who the driver is it's clear you, you, as you, have a, you have a record of the of the transaction yeah. in your computer yeah. system i yeah. mean either either do something to the driver or don't but what is there to look into these are the questions that i'm asking what rating did those seven senators give the uber driver did he get five stars I don't know. And, did, and what did the Uber driver rate those guys? I, I hope he gave the passengers five stars. He, he gave them a video that's gold. You did, you, did you hear, like, I read something, and I don't know how accurate or true this is, of yeah. why the driver posted it online. Did you hear that? No. Because, because the guys didn't give him a tip. Oh, well, that's, I mean, look, you can judge me or you don't judge me. I, I think I've given a tip to an Uber Uber driver once. Yeah, me once or twice. I mean, the whole thing is, is like, to me, the whole thing about Uber is you don't have to give a tip. That's the whole point. You right. Know, it's a cashless transaction. I mean, they message you after saying, do you want to leave a tip? I mean, if the guy went out of his way, and there's a couple, maybe once or twice where I thought the guy really went out of his way, either to avoid traffic or or to to like, he was super nice in the car and friendly and we had a great conversation. Maybe, I, I don't know, but... Maybe he knew they were professional athletes. He expected a tip from them. Kind of bizarre, no? The other the other big conspiracy theory is, which is, I'm not going to take credit for this one because I heard it on the radio in Montreal. The The guy on the radio in Montreal was saying that it's uh, Eugene Melnick's fault, this whole thing. <laughs> you think he planted the driver? No, he didn't plant the driver. But uh, maybe the Senators players are under orders to, uh, there's seven players in the car. 
Seven. Are they under orders to share rides to reduce costs on the road? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think they can expense that anyway. But, <laughs> but my question is this. Yeah. So obviously the players knew that this video was coming out before we did. They were aware of it. Well, no, maybe not. No, How no, they know? were. They were. They, okay. they were. They were aware that the video was going to be public before it actually became public. Okay. And so the the players knew about it. They went to the team. They told the team. So so the team internally knew this was coming out. I mean, they didn't okay. know if it was going to come out tomorrow, the day after, right. whatever, but they knew. Right. But my question is, it's not so much a question, really. It's more of a statement. I know they all apologized for the comments they made, but there's no apology on this planet that can fix what you said. Because don't tell me you didn't mean what you said. You meant it. And okay? it's always out there. They can go to that that video replay coach. I forget his name. The one that they were bad. Mar- Marty the Raymond. They can talk to him and say, we're sorry, we're sorry, or we're Marty sorry. Marty Raymond, but, whatever. But you know, the next time they're in that video room with him going over video, what do you think everybody in the room is thinking? 100%. You know, it's, 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 it's normal. Like, it's human so, nature. So either if it was one player, let's say, either the player's got to go or the coach has to go. Because it was seven players, they can't get rid of seven players. And also Shabbat was in the car. That right, guy's they're not, not going anywhere. They're not going. That he's not getting. They're not getting rid of him. But no. I mean, I'd be surprised if if Marty Raymond is still a coach on the Ottawa Senators staff next season. It's funny because they're not going to fire him right away because it's going to make it look like oh my god they're only firing him because now they realize right. he sucks. They're going to have to wait a little bit of time. So right, and as also, soon as he does and also get it doesn't really matter because they're not going anywhere this year anyway. So whatever, they'll, they'll probably fire him on like on. Uh, well, the day I'm, the day before the Super Bowl or the day of the Super Bowl, so like they'll bury the story so no one's gonna talk uh, or, about or it. Or <laughs> like you know in April and in, in May, whatever. Yeah, when when it's when like they old, do the, when, when they when they get rid of the entire coaching the coaches, staff because yeah. I think all of them this is the last year of their contract anyway. Right. So they'll just say okay, we didn't renew any of their contracts. Right. End of so story. So I, I lied. I said I only had one thing to talk about in the NHL. Yeah. I, I mean, I did. I did want to get your. I mean, there's two coaches that were fired this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Stevens was fired by the Kings, replaced mm-hmm. by Willie Desjardins. I don't think that's like any news. Coaches get fired all the time, and the mm-hmm. Kings, whatever. But what do you think about Joel Quinville and the Hawks? So that was, in my opinion, surprising. That was a, well, I don't know about surprising. That was a change just for the sake of making a change because. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know that this new coach is going to make a difference, but the thing is. What actually bugs me is so you hear about Joel Quenville and how many wins he has and how many Stanley Cups he has mm-hmm. and how can you fire this guy. And all that is true. But I mean, look at the roster that he has had. You know, when you have Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane for the last, what, 10 years? And Duncan Keith. And, and Duncan Crawford. Keith and Brent Seabrook and all these the, guys. The nucleus of the team has been intact. I mean, I could have coached that team to three Stanley Cups. I don't know about that, but I mean, he certainly did something right to win the cup three times. And and I know you're saying it's, it's, it's three very different teams. I know all those guys that we just mentioned are there, mm-hmm. but they've changed. They, I mean, that first Chicago Blackhawks team that won the mm-hmm. first, first one. I don't know if you realize how great that team was. Well, they who else were, was on it? Uh, oh yeah, that's right. They up, had, they had Dustin Bufflin. They had Andrew Ladd. They had, they had so many players that they just had to, get rid of because they couldn't keep them right, under the cap. Right, right, right. Right. So mm-hmm. that they 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 got rid of like 
a, a good portion of the team and just replace them with new guys that came up. And then a couple of years later, they won again. And then a couple of years and later. And I think for each of those Stanley Cups, they might have had three different goalies for each of them. And Niemi was one of them. No, I think Corey Crawford was the last two. The last two? Okay. But not the first one. Niemi for sure was yeah. the first one. Yeah. yeah. But it's, I mean, he'll definitely get a job again if he wants one. I mean, yeah. there's always teams that are going to be looking for him. He's you know? getting paid, what is it, 5 or $6 million a year to sit at home and watch games? Like, why Why do you even want a job? <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, I agree. He's not going to take a job right away, but I think eventually he's going to get approached and he's going to take a new job. If he wants. And we'll see where the Blackhawks go. Like, is it a new voice in the dressing room? Is that what's needed? Or, or maybe they just got older. Maybe they're just not as good anymore. I I, fir- I firmly believe Patrick Kane is just as good as he ever was, but I'm not sure about uh, Taves and and Keith and Seabrook. The, the, it's it's already uh, yeah you know, they're all a lot they're, of miles. they're all older. I mean there's you know a, yeah. you're not you're not going to be in the prime of your career for ten years. Yeah, there's a lot of miles on those guys. You know. A By lot. the way, you think that uh, Canadians fans can be fooled into thinking that this is a French guy because his last name is Quenville? They could. <laughs> <laughs> they could. That's all I had about hockey. I had one other thing about hockey since you brought oh, up hockey. Sure. This is even older news. I wanted to mention it on our last episode. I forgot. Mm-hmm. Um, but a guy that sits next to me at work last week uh, says to me, how come there's NHL games in Helsinki, Finland? And, <laughs> and, and, and right away when he asked me that question, all I could do is laugh and think of like, oh, I can't wait to talk about this on our show. Because as you know, there's all these games overseas in the preseason and now during the season and yeah. i never understood it i still don't understand it clearly the guy sitting next to me at work doesn't understand it either he didn't even know it was happening these games got a little bit more fanfare than the pre the preseason ones i literally didn't know what was going on yeah like like as like you said it on the episode and i used it in the in the previously on section because mm-hmm. it was so funny and you're like, I don't know if it happened. Maybe it didn't even happen. Like, <laughs> yeah. who knows if those games happened? They say they did, but we don't know. But I mean, because Patrick Laine was playing in Finland, yeah, and it got a little bit more, more. It was a little bit more noteworthy. But like, I don't know. I mean, if the NHL thinks they're going to make money by going there, let them go. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Exactly. I mean, whatever. The National Football League. I don't really want to go into too much of the NFL Week 10. Okay. I mean, we can look at the matchups and, and talk about who's playing who and whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a, I mean, you, Des Bryant was signed this week. I think it's a non-story. I don't know why the Saints got him. He's it's, not, not going to be a I, factor. I'm going to stop yeah. you there for a second because I think it yeah. is a story. It's not, it's not a surprise that they signed him. What to me is surprising is that it, t- it took a team 10 weeks to sign yeah. Des Bryant. Like this this guy this guy could have gone to any team he wanted or I mean he couldn't I mean but any team that wanted to could have approached him mm-hmm. in the last 10 weeks or even more. But it's um, shocking that a team that with the most explosive offense in the league or one of the most thinks that these guys going to help him. Like I don't know. He will help them and he would help any team. What I don't understand is why didn't a lousy team like Cleveland or Buffalo or the Giants or somebody that actually needs help. Why didn't they go out and get him? Oh, those teams, I think, feel like the season's over already. So there's no point, you know. I don't know. I think Baker Mayfield, who's supposed to be a good quarterback one day, would he like to, would like to throw to someone like Des Bryant. Just, yeah, he would. He had Josh hunch. Gordon, and they took him away from him. So, yeah, <laughs> right. So um, yeah. So I mean, the Saints just got better, and they're already they haven't lost since week one. 
Yeah. Um, I think for the Saints, for a few of those teams, but especially the Saints, I think home field advantage is really important. For sure. So they're not the same team on the road. We've seen that historically. Mm -hmm. So if they can get that first overall seed in the NFC, Mm -hmm. uh, that's huge. Yeah, (laughs) because 100%. I don't know if any team can go into that Superdome and beat them. Like they, I mean, Drew Brees is so good. It's just ridiculous. Like w- watching him play last week, it was like he's so good. It's like it's unbelievable how good he is. He's such a consummate professional, and he's so talented, and he knows how to run that offense. The offense that he has to run, he knows it perfectly. You know, he knows exactly what he needs to do on every play to to, to succeed. The only matchup that I was interested this weekend, obviously, other than the Eagles Cowboys, because that's the game I'll be watching. Mm-hmm. Um. I want to know, we're going to go to like the degenerate gambler section of the show. Gambling. Please bet responsibly. How did you do in your pool last week oh. with Neil, Neil picking for you? Okay, so Neil had a decent week. I think he ended up with 78 points. Oh, just just frame of reference, so, you ended up with 60 points and he ended okay. up with 78. Okay. Which was good for like 25th place out of 80 people. Okay. Um, I'm just curious. Just yeah, curious. no, that's fine. I mean, I actually, I made my own picks this week. I didn't hire anyone to make my picks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I looked at it. You actually, you, you can really only make two, maybe three mistakes if you want to win a week in this okay. pool. Okay, which is really tough. Yeah, it's really tough. So knowing that you made your picks, I'd like to know what you did in the Arizona-Kansas City game. I'm so glad you asked. because Arizona is plus 16.5. Yes, which is quite a lot. And normally yeah. my rule of thumb is if it's more than a touchdown, unless it's the Patriots, I'm, ta- I'm taking the underdog. <laughs> unless it's the Patriots. It's an asterisk. There. Yeah, because the Patriots, they always cover. Yeah. Unless it's September. Um, but I, I, I took the Chiefs. I think I would too. I mean, I 16 think, and a half is an insane amount of points, but I, I think, yeah, I think Arizona's that bad, and I think Kansas City's that good. Yes. I, I think the final score is going to be like 45 to 3. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be that insane, but it can be. Like, I can see that happening. Exactly. I, I cannot see somehow Arizona playing over their heads and making it a close game. That I can't see in my head. Whereas I can see it being 45 to 3. Yeah, I guess. And it's in Kansas I mean, City, is it not? Yes, it it's, is. It's not like it's a road game. So like No, I know. I mean, what 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 could lead you to believe that that Arizona might have a decent game? I just don't see it. I just can't see 6 I think 16.5 is crazy it is. It, it I think is, it's it's, it's a crazy number. It's a crazy yeah. number. That's all I had for football. That's actually pretty much all I had for football too. Major League Baseball. I want to go with one baseball story before we uh, we finish the show. Okay. Last week, we talked about um, where Bryce Harper might land. Mm-hmm. And then the story came out that they had approached him with a 10-year, $300 million offer, and he turned it down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the first thing that popped into my head was, because you talked about it last week, mm-hmm. about, I forget which player it was that you said last it was, week. It was um, Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. You said, so I, the first thing that popped up in my head when I heard 30 million a season for 10 years was he would have accepted if it was 31. <laughs> Maybe. Or would he? Or I don't know. He? Maybe he would have. No, I that's mean, literally, I that's the first thing I thought of. In in this in this particular case, because his agent is Scott Boris, and then you have to mention that. 
Because Scott Boris could be one of the biggest right. snakes on the planet. But but I guess like if Boris's number one rule is if his player hits free agency, he is going to hit free agency. He's going to explore his options. Sure, sure. You know? Let him. I, I don't. Ha- I don't have any problem with that. And, danger, and you know what? There's going to be yeah. a team that will offer him more than thirty million a year. There will it's be a, a big, team. It's a big number. The only danger in that strategy is like, and I know it's not the same player because Bryce Harper's in his prime and he's still great. But uh, when Jose Batista tried to play hardball with the Jays, mm-hmm. and then he didn't get a better offer. Right, and and the same thing happened to Edwin Encarnacion. Exactly. So the only thing that could happen to Bryce Harper is like, what if no one's interested? What if teams don't want to pony up $300 million? Although I find it hard to believe. I think you're right. Someone will because he he is a great player. I mean, there's no doubt, you know? Yeah. And what what surprises me, actually, speaking of free agency, is that teams seem to be interested in Manny Machado. Well, I mean, he's super... He. I mean, he's a d bag. Like he's an he's an asshole. You know what? Are, what are you gonna say about him? But like, he he's a great player. You know? Yeah, he is. Don't you think? I mean, he's an unbelievable hitter. Yeah, he is. He is. And I mean, defensively, he's incredible. As a shortstop, he's a better than average shortstop. I would even say he's a good shortstop. Oh yeah. As a third as a third baseman, he's basically a gold glover. If For you ask sure. Me. But uh, yeah, I don't know. But but well, the fact that. Um... There are teams that are trying to get both of them. That's that's a lot of money. That's six hundred million dollars. I know. Well, you heard that the Yankees might are trying to get both of them, and then they're going to trade Stanton. Did you hear this? <laughs> that's crazy. That's what I heard. Imagine you just signed Stanton last year, and then you trade him. Well, Stanton would only go to one of the California teams because he he's from around that area. So if you have Stanton, uh, Machado, and Harper, that's like. The GDP of a small nation in the Caribbean somewhere, no? <laughs> Pretty much. Um, yeah, the offseason in baseball is always quite interesting. Well, especially you don't often see a player hit free agency at the age that Bryce Harper is just because he started in the league so young. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, teams are not afraid to give him the big, uh, the big term because he's still so young. Right, he's not going to be lousy in ten years. He's still going to be okay, you know. Health, health, you know, all things being considered for health. Recommendations. So I don't want to uh, close the show because there's a few things I wanted to chat about. Actually, sure. Go. Um, for some reason, the last week or so, I've been listening to all these new podcasts. Well, they're new to me. Oh, let's hear it. Can't and, wait. And I'm just I'm just testing them out. So I'm listening to one episode of each of these. Uh-huh. And I may or may not listen to another episode of, of any of these. Okay, what are they? I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ramble them off to you in no particular mm-hmm. order. So one of them is uh, CBS Sports Eye on college basketball. Okay, that I might give that a try because the college basketball podcast that I listen to, the One Shining podcast, mm-hmm. I just those guys rub me the wrong way mm-hmm. because they don't like Duke. They yeah. really the way they talk about Coach Kane Duke, I just I can't deal with it. Well, the good thing about this one, I listened to one episode, and they're neutral. You know, it's it's yeah. CBS. They're not fans or haters yeah, yeah. Of, of any team. They're journalists. Um, another one, also college basketball. This one from ESPN. It's called Courtside with Greenberg and Dockich. Oh, I like that. I like I like Greenberg. He's all right. Um, another one. This is nothing to do with sports. Again, I'm going all over the map here. It's called Front Burner. It's a CBC podcast. It's a CBC News podcast. Actually, it's about fifteen or twenty minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and they pick um, 
a story that's in the news and they go in depth about it. It's quite interesting, actually, depending on what story they decide to talk about. There's this other one. This is not affiliated with any television or radio network. It's called March Madness 365 with Andy Katz. Oh. Uh, he used to be, I think, with ESPN. He's no longer with yeah, ESPN. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's nice. I should so, try that. That's another one. Um, You're going, trying to brush up on your college basketball this week. Yes, exactly. There's another one, and this is one I'm not crazy about it. It's put out by Duke, and it's called the Duke Basketball Podcast, but uh, it's, too, to it's too Duke-centric, and you know, I, it's I can't, not, you know. I can't listen to that. No, no. And then I think there was, that That could be it. That's it for the new ones. By How the are way, you doing that, with Serial Season 3? The new episode just came out today. I haven't listened, I listened to it to yet. It. I find it interesting, what, but what, depressing. So so yeah. here's the thing about Serial, and, and maybe I'm missing something, but at the end of every episode, there seems to be a cliffhanger. Like, she always says, that's next time on Serial. But and then, then the next time you don't find out. Yeah, you get to the next episode and she she talks about something completely different that has nothing to do with what she was talking about last episode and you never find out the end of the story. So I don't know, is she waiting till the last episode of the season to wrap everything up? I, that's what I'm thinking, that there's going to be some kind of overarching theme or or reveal or or something at the end that's going to sort of tie things together because it is a little bit it is a little bit all over the place although i do enjoy the stories from week to week although it's incredibly depressing because it's like these stories of you know inner city cleveland and what goes on it's just it's pretty awful you it's, know it's making me not trust the justice system at all is what it's making me do and i mean i don't know if it's like this in canada i hope not i don't think it is i but... mean I, i'm a glass half full I, I hope I hope it's not like that. Before we sign off, I want to remind everybody that to never miss an episode of the Skip and Josh podcast, you need to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or on iHeartRadio, or on Spotify. On Spotify, it's actually not called subscribe. It's called follow. Um, if you listen to us by Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. You can send us an email, skipandjoshshow at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at skipandjosh. You can also like and follow follow our Facebook page. And skipandjosh.com has all the links to everything that I just said. We leave you with this. So do you remember this uh, basketball player in the NBA, Manute Bowl? Of course, yeah. So do you know he has a son? I heard, yeah. Okay, so his <laughs> son plays for Oregon. Okay. Do you know what his son's name is? What? So his last name is Bull. You Bull, know his, yeah. His first Bull. name, yeah. Bull. Bull, Bull. Yeah, love it. That's his name. Is he also seven foot six, one hundred pounds? I'm not sure. <laughs> I couldn't watch Manu Bull play. It was gross. His legs looked like they were gonna break when he ran. It did look that way. Yeah. So a lot of people uh, sometimes refer to us as like a bit of an old married couple. Me and okay. you. Well, we are old. And like a many old married couples. I want to. Rem- we forgot that it was our anniversary. <gasps> so, it's uh, a few days ago. Well, like five days ago, it was our two-year anniversary of the release of the Skip and Josh podcast. So, our anniversary is in November, not October. Well, technically, <laughs> I mean, if you look on on the feed of the show, you'll see like November eighth was the day of the first two episode releases. 
but we actually started recording in October. They were recorded, it says it on the descriptions, those two episodes were recorded October 22nd. So can you imagine it took two weeks for us to like <laughs> but, but But we recorded another episode that we never released even a week before that. Those were in the those were in the archives. Yeah. So um, one last thing, I was watching Monday Night Football not this week but two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I don't even know who the play-by-play guy is on Monday Night Football anymore. Um, but, Jason Witten's the color guy. Right. But the play-by-play guy was talking to Jason Witten um, about um, I don't know if it was IndyCar or some kind of uh, Formula One racing. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he's a big Formula One racing fan. Okay. And so uh, Jason Witten, I think, knows nothing about Formula One racing. So the play-by-play guy says, Oh, you got to come with me to Montreal in the summer. We got to go to Crescent Street. You're going to love it. <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious that he's talking about Crescent Street on Monday Night Football. Because many, many times you told me the best time to come to Montreal is Grand Prix weekend. A hundred percent. It's a great time to just be outside walking downtown. Yeah. Just looking at the beautiful people. It yeah. is. It really is. All right, Josh, I'm going to Chicago tomorrow. Have a great trip and say hi to uh, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves for me. I'll I'll give them a pep talk to uh, make sure they start getting on the winning track. Okay.